You're checking out the Nifty Q Show. All right, good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome into the Nifty Q Show. We're interviewing founders, leaders, and builders in the NFT and Web3 space. Today, I'm sitting with a very special friend of mine, uh, one face that you do know, of course, uh, Ronan the Collector, head of partner strategy at Gigantic. We'll be discussing the past, present, and future of NFTs, his work with large brands coming into Web3, improving the process of token gating and much more. We're going to have ourselves a, a great combo. Sans a token frame, I, I think, though, Ronan. How, how are we doing today, my man? I had to hit it right oh, up front. Dude, I'm so angry. But no, I yeah, it's token frame's not uh, acting, playing nice today, man. Sometimes it does this thing. And look, I like to, you guys know, I like to keep it real. I really like the token frame, but sometimes it does this thing where it decides it doesn't want to connect. I wanted to show some ring off. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm doing good, dude. I'm doing really good. I was really impressed with the list that you put together of subjects for us to chat about during this. I'm like, all right, let's go. This is, feels like very professional. So that's what's I, up. I, I do what I can here. I like to think I'm, I'm a little bit of a professional semi pro, but, uh, yeah, man, we're going to have a great convo. A lot of good topics to hit. Uh, the one that wasn't on the dashboard, but that I want to like throw right at you is the one that you've been tweeting about in like the last, I would say two days, which is Renga. It was going to be displayed on your token frame, but this project, what's so good about it? Why should people get in? Uh, it seems to be like a, a one on your mind. Yeah. So like a lot of times people ask us, you know, what, what do you look for in a project? Why do you invest in a project? Like what, what are the, the things that uh, make you decide to, to, to get in? Right. And I think um, these days it's been really iffy <laughs> on what True. you should be, you know, spending your time with and, and. Uh, what you should be looking at. And so for me, I've been really like, you know, like we've talked about on NFT Live, been kind of holding it straight, you know, close to the vest and haven't really put a lot into too many projects. And with Renga, it's uh, a little bit different. Renga is by Dirty Robot. Dirty Robot has is, an, I mean, an old school artist. If you see some of his work, uh, you've probably seen it before. I've seen lots of mass prints of his stuff. Uh, it's a style that's very unique, um, very distinct, um, and so it's actually a project that I, I, I jumped into. It's called, uh, I think it's the art of seasons, if I, if I remember correctly. Mm. And he launched it a, about a year ago and he had these stages. And that's the reason why I ended up like, buy, I bought like a handful of 10 of them. And, um, the, so essentially like they, the, the art would reveal, and then you would take these reveals and during these stages, you could advance them to a different season if you wanted to. And then you could take four of the same season at the end of the stages and meld them all together to make one big, like wide screen view of this, this scene. Right. So you could collect the pieces or meld them together, create one big one. It's like gamifying it. Yeah. So tokenomics, right. Like, but it was an artist that, that like seemed to have done it all on his own. He had a really dope website. Um, and so I bought in and it was like, you know, the, the first stage was supposed to happen, I think in like October of last year and then um, I think it was like early December or something. I was like, man, whatever happened to that project? And I looked into it and nothing had happened. And uh, and then I think like sometime around the holidays uh, early this year, they put out basically an update that said they're going to kind of reboot the whole project. Mm -hmm. And they were going to airdrop um, the Art of Summer, uh, you know, official like this new collection. And you were going to get your... Uh, you know, your, your free ones, if you already had the collection, and then they would also do these additional mints. 
So I not only did I get my free ones, but I also bought in a couple of mints. Um, and the art was just banger, dude. And like, they also had like, you can, this kind of burn mechanic that I think that they implemented where if you had like a special like foil version, they would send it to you. And their, their prints are, I mean, check them out on Instagram. Uh, the prints are, are really, really high quality prints that like, you know, if they have like a gold strip in it, like it's going to be like a foiled strip, right? Like uh, high quality stuff. So um, I saw it, I loved it. Um, and then I sold at what I thought was like kind of the top, right? <laughs> and um, fast forward, I hadn't heard nothing. And then this week it's like, everybody's talking about Ringa. I look into it and I'm like, man, this looks familiar. <laughs> and essentially they dropped these like bo- these black boxes to uh the art of seasons holders and everyone who had one got this black box and then they did this this thing mechanic where and this reminds me of wax right like this reminds me of the early days this is this is why dude Don't like i got something right <laughs> yeah. uh and so um you can you could burn the box and and have a box opening and it would open it would reveal the art um and so now still at this point that's the way it works right i think there was last time i checked i think there was like 3,000 boxes or 4,000 somewhere in there, uh, boxes that were still yet to be burned. But when you burn them, you get a Renga and then the Renga is like the main collection. And dude, the art is so good. And I wish brain would work, bro, but it's not even, I just gave up. I don't even know what it's doing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of like Ben Morrow's ability to like use seasons and kind of transition from one drop to the other, as opposed to just dropping something and it go completely flat just because you're trying to launch something, you know, just right. to do it. So it's, I think it's, you get this sense of there is a plan, mm-hmm. right? Like when you look at um, other projects that have done really well, um, at least, you know, a handful of them, they, they definitely like come at you as well planned, right? Like regardless of whether or not they sell out, regardless of whether or not, like, you know, they have this crazy sustained floor, they've got a plan. They're going to stick to it. Um, and those are the projects I like to, to jump into the last one that I did this, you know, ridiculous aping in, uh, was, was cyber brokers and, that was months ago and they have stuck to their guns. They have continued to produce really excellent, engaging content. Um, and, and, you know, that to me is, is kind of what's fun. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that like with the bear market, a lot of people, you know, they get down and, and, and people are, you know, just really in the the shitter about themselves. Right. Like, and, and about what's going on and, and, you know, see your your self-worth go from whatever it was which is probably an all-time high for 90 percent of us uh down to a third of that dude and it's a it's a mentally it's a tough blow but like um there's moments that i feel like are a little special and this feels a little special i've been watching the project i I saw i do a lot of research man especially if i'm going to spend like an eth or an eth and a half on one asset right like Mm -hmm. to be honest man i've I bought, I have five of them now. First one I bought That's at a like lot of conviction. 0.6. Yeah. yeah, dude. Um, I bought, the first one is like 0.68, I think. Um, when the floor was like 0.5-ish, 0.55. I always look for the deals. Always look for the rarities. We talked about that on, on NFT Live two days ago. Um, mm. And then, um, and then I bought, <laughs> then I bought four more over the past like 12 hours. 
bought three this morning. I bought one Holy last shit. night. In, in um, typical Ronin fashion, though, like that's what you, that, that's honestly like how you make the outsized returns, though, is like you find the project that you have conviction in and you go balls deep in it. You know, like that's Absolutely. that's the way that you can find a, a quick return. Not to say that I'm trying to like get into a project to get, you know, adjust returns. You're, you're in it because you like it. The returns are an extra, of course. Absolutely. So. You know, I did the same thing, like I said, with cyber brokers. With cyber brokers, the timing was um, much worse. <laughs> yeah. It was at the top, right? Like I bought four cyber brokers all within four to six ETH a piece or something crazy like that. Hmm. Uh, the floor I think is like hovering around one, but like, I don't regret any of that, man. I got six cyber brokers. The storytelling is cool. I've got all these parts of, for these mechs that's coming at me. Right. And I'm ready for like, when I get to build my mech based on all these pieces that I have. Right. Hmm. And then I'll pawn off the other pieces as like, you know, people make their mechs and people want to get involved and want to get into the, the universe that they're creating. Like, uh, the buzzword recently is storytelling NFT. Right. And, and these are these are at their core, um, really strong brands and IP that I could see being. And I'm not saying any of this shit is guaranteed. Okay? I'm saying I, I'm 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 hedging my bets. Right. Like I'm, mm. I'm there's a couple of projects I say this about, but they all have potential uh, of being, uh, you know, a Pokemon. Any of those Harry Potter major brands that permeate um, culture and 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 you know this wide variety of of consumer base that that you know really really be something in the future. Yeah, so I, I want to move on into the episode, of course. So like, thank you for dropping the alpha early in the episode with Ranga. Uh, but I do have one last question uh, as it's related to like this conversation that we're having, which is the storytelling NFT portion. Gifted, who's in the chat, I see him uh, up there right now. Uh, he is doing his alpha morning show Monday through Thursday. And that was the topic of today's morning show was storytelling NFT. So definition though of storytelling NFTs is the question that I have for you, because basically the way I was kind of perceiving it, but I might've you know been wrong is like just an NFT project that can, that tells a story really well. But what, what is a requirement for an NFT to be a storyteller NFT, just because I don't know too much about it. Do you have any insights there? Oh man, I am not, I am the opposite end of a gatekeeper, right? So I don't like to put rails on anything. I think like when it comes to storytelling NFTs though, in my opinion, I think that like the NFTs hold some aspect of the storyline within them whether that is they're capturing a moment, like the beginning of the genesis of a, you know, a storyline that begins and these are like kind of the, the, the core characters or whether it's uh, assets that play as, you know, voting tools to allow you to take part in a story uh, or whether each of them is their own character that you can leverage in a greater storyline, like, you know, like my shirt uh, or my sweater, uh, Nuclear Nerds, right? Like I've got a couple of nerds and they leverage the ability for, they want, everyone to really take ownership of those nfts and those characters and give them life they give you a place to give them a bio and and flesh out their story and then you can put those characters up to be you know part of other people's stories and and how do, do these stories like you know uh, come together and and then become part of canon right like when mm. when when for anyone who's not a super geek when it comes to, to storyline and lore canon means like it's officially part of the storyline right so imagine you're just a fan of star wars and you know your jedi 
is the one who gets this really cool story arc, whether it's it's a little like side piece or whether they get to grace, you know, the Millennium Falcon for a moment. Like, I think that um, that's the power of storytelling NFTs, right? Like you can, I am ready for nuclear nerds, you know, season eight, where mm. like I can then take my characters and and be like, yo, these are OG characters. They've been around. They've seen the war since day one, and this is where their story is. And maybe there's this really cool story arc that then permeates like the brand and permeates what I'm doing and and what I'm where, where other projects are at. It's an interesting phenomenon that we talk about storytelling in media. It always goes back to Star Wars. Like that that seems to be a, a good example that everyone kind of points to. Uh, but guys, I want to welcome everybody into the Nifty Q show today, guys and gals. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Twitter, if you're listening on podcast afterwards, of course, we're sitting here with Ronan the Collector. Uh, he is going to give us a lot of great uh, knowledge, stories, uh uh, what he's doing with uh, Gigantic as a head of partner strategy. So it's going to be a good convo. Ronan, it's been a, a long time, man, that we've been in the space. And uh, there's there's some friends we've made along the way that I see in the chat, which is, you know, some I'll get to you guys in a second. Uh, but Ronan, I want to get your take on your journey. I know that's a large question, but since 2019, you know, NFTs have been your life. How do you encapsulate that without shedding a tear early on in the episode? <laughs> you already see it. You had to like talk about like, man, it has been a crazy ride and I'm getting teared up because like I see names that have been there since the beginning, dude. And like, it means so much for them to be here. And and like, so take a second, like Don XP, like, dude, I appreciate you so much. Even though like, you like to grill me all the time about GSA. Don't worry about the GSA. The GSA is fine, man. It's in good hands. Uh, <laughs> DJ Savage Prodigy. Uh, cost effective, man, dude. I appreciate you so much, brother. GIF, obviously. Um, and hold up, uh, hash, man, hash rhymes. Hash thank rhymes. You so much for everything that you do for us and for the channel and for the community. Uh, I appreciate you so much. I know we don't get to like connect as much, like any of us, like, but like, I appreciate y'all so much. So that's why I'm getting teary eyed and Q had to call it out. Uh, but <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> the, how, how do you encapsulate your time in the, in, in the past three years? Like, uh, I think maybe I have a direct question that we can start off with and then we can make it there. But what principles in your mind did you come into the space with that has changed over the past three years? Like what, what is something that maybe you thought early on in NFTs, uh, that has shifted since you've gained all this experience and, you know, uh, been in the space for so long. Did did something turn out the way, or did not turn out the way you thought it would, and and all of these things? Man, that's a uh, a really good question. I, I asked you before we went live, and I don't think you heard me. I was like, Have you ever thought about doing like long form? You should give this like a long form like platform because like uh, I feel like you you generate really good questions. Um, and and letting them breathe, I think, is is a lot of value. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man, I how do I I encapsulate it as being the craziest ride of my life. Um, and I think that a lot of us can can kind of understand that statement, right? Like I think a lot of us, especially who who's currently here hanging out um, and who's probably going to listen in the next 24 hours because I know there's a lot of people who support and can't watch live or whatever. Mm. Um, a lot of us probably would describe the last 24 months as, as like the craziest times of our lives. And I think I've learned all a massive amount about myself, about the world, about business. Um, a lot has, uh, a lot of opportunities have like opened up. Um, 
through that, right? And like getting the opportunity and we'll get into like the story and where I'm at now versus where we started, right? Um, man, like, you know, I think we talked about this at the beginning, like with the podcast, we're entrepreneurs, we're people who like, kind of like, we don't really want to work for other people necessarily. We want to kind of like have a little freedom to be creative and, and, and innovate a little bit. Like, I think like we understand technology and, um, and so through that, it opened up this, this opportunity through Gig Labs and my profession and, and it's a startup, right? So mm. I'm learning a lot about business, dude, stuff that like, you can't really be taught. People can like tell you, right? Like and explain, like this is what you're going to go through. These are the things that you will experience during your journey. Uh, but until you actually experience them, like going through a, a, a round of funding, right? Like I wasn't like hitting the pavement, like that was somebody else's job. But like I watched these guys work hard putting together their pitch deck and like putting talking about their sales pitch and like going, you know, the bringing the team in on the meetings and asking, you know, everybody at at gig like what do you think our value is? Where do you think like, you know, we can expand and, and, and like creating a story and then go taking that story and being vulnerable and mm. putting it in front of dude, person after person, after person, after person. Um, and, and saying like, I hope you believe in this the way I do. Right. And so you learn a lot through that. I've learned a lot of the process itself. I've learned a lot of the personality type that, uh, it takes to, to, to get there and to, to be accomplished. Right. Like I, I really look up to the founders of gig labs. Cause like these guys like just kind of had this idea to like mess around and play in this space. And, uh, and they leveraged that and turned it into a full-time job, not only for themselves, but at this point, I think we're at like 30 something employees. Right. And, um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. And you and I talked about that and like, yeah. we love to get to a point to employ other people and give them other opportunities to like enjoy their life and their profession and like do something cool and fun and meaningful, right? Like I think a lot of us want to find meaning in life, and, and he, um, I, I, I want to get into your work at Gigantic, but you, you, you've been in the space since, again, since basically the inception of NFTs being, you know, very popular, and and it was different at the time, you know, like it was very much a fervor of the, we know we can see what's happening, like there was hit after hit after hit. Has your conviction taken a hit at all in the bear market? Like, do you do you notice yourself acting different in a bear market? Is that absolutely? Yeah, dude. I think uh, for me, it and uh, dude, for a lot of people, uh, and we'll get to this. I know the mental struggle, right? Of like seeing, like again, we're we're we all see this kind of crazy opportunity. Um, both like, you know, in, in careers and, and in your daily life, but also like financially, right? Like a lot of people saw this, this financial opportunity. Um, and some people were able to capture that. Some people caught some of that value. Some people caught most of it. Uh, some people didn't capture any, and now they're like learning the lesson of living through a, a bear, uh, and, and having been through a, a you know, bull and not taking their profit. Um, so yeah, dude, there's a lot there there's a lot of growth. There's a lot, uh, of struggle. And I think, um, the, the convictions that, um, the thing that you have to remind yourself is that like your ability to have strong convictions and passion about anything. Right. And in this case, we're talking about NFT projects, um, is something that you should always trust, but you have to understand that you're going to be wrong more often than you're going to be right. 
Mm. Right. Um, but you're not going to be in the, in, in the general sense that like most people would, 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 uh, value success. Um, so, you know, you got to learn, like, just keep trusting it, dude. Cause like, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna hit, like, I, I had plenty of failures throughout this bear market, man, where I was like, this is going to be one that's going to get me some of that money back. And, yeah. and it's none of them were the one. It's typically like the end of the bull market too, right? That that tail end of the bull market where you're like, oh, I, I don't think it's a bear. Like, oh, here's a cool project. And then it's like, oh, no, all of these forces are working against this project. No matter what type of project it was, not going to do well. We've seen that lesson with, you know, other deeds. If you didn't get out of those at the tippy top, that one launched, you know, May. And that's not doing well, you know, unless you hit on some rares. But I, I will talk on Board API Club and all that stuff. But I want to stay on task with the kind of flow of talking about what lightning question, what you did before NFTs. Uh, and then we can kind of make our way there. But like, give me a get who was Ronan before you found NFTs? Oh, man, Alpha. Ronan was uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Ronan was Richard. Richard uh, is is uh, was right, like just a thirty-something-year-old dad who was grinding hard. Uh, you know, I was I was a data analyst for a health uh, insurance company that you know was a great job for what it was. It was a good uh, you know position to be in. Um, it was a really chill job, um, but it was was very uh repetitive it was very um not very stimulating and so um yeah richard was like a different definitely a different dude and like like you know it's interesting to like to say it in that way but i i've talked about it a little bit like publicly like ronan is a different guy than like than who richard was and, and that just comes from like i created a a, a twitter handle one day that like i kind of threw together right uh, I got some great positive feedback from people early on, like you, who were like, "Yo, you, that's a cool Twitter name," uh, and I <laughs> leveraged it, and and it became kind of a persona, but it also became like kind of like this embodiment of like, uh, of 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 someone who isn't scared to like chase their dreams and like try to accomplish their goals, and because I think like Richard, like man, I did I tried this thing a, a, a lot, you know, like. A, more than once, like trying to go and, and chase like my passion and make it a career, right? Yeah. Like a, a, how many, dude, and, and I'm sure everyone who eventually gets there will tell you it didn't happen the first time, uh, you know, maybe one in, 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 in a thousand, but like uh, the most of the people who get to success will tell you they failed a lot. And I failed a lot. And I think that like I wrote and allowed me to create a persona who was willing to go out there and try one more time. And it just so yeah. happened that that one well, it, it reminded me of kind of the narrative that we have in the NFT spaces that kind of allowed us to be kids again, uh, in a way like those first couple of weeks, those first months that I knew you, you were going so hard in clubhouse, you were going so hard in on wax. And it was like for these collectible things that some people would look at it and be like, what are you doing? You know, but like in that, in that time we were very much experiencing like fun and creativity and all these things that normal jobs maybe don't get to do all the time. I don't mean to be like shitting on, on normies or anything like that, but that's what it made me feel like when I was watching, I was like, Oh, this kid's like, or this guy has like become a kid again in, in a sense. Like he's allowed that to be some of, in, of his persona. Yeah. I think, um, man, that, that is, is definitely a huge part of, of 
what got me interested and also what like gave me the ability to like have this full blown conviction that like I didn't let anybody shudder. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, my wife thought I was nuts, bro. Like, Same. we've had this conversation, Same. dude. Like, you know, it, at the beginning, it was like, it's cool. I hear you. Yeah, these things, nifties or whatever, right? Cool. And then she was like, wait, you want to do a, a podcast? And I was like, yes, yeah, you know, just like something we'll do like for a while. <laughs> Two and a half years later, we're still yep. doing it. Uh, you know, we'll see what, what happens. And we didn't, we didn't, what's cool is, man, we didn't really have crazy expectations. And then we saw the potential. And then when, when, when the community showed the fuck up and, and you launched, you, you really put all that effort behind launching the lads token, right? Like the social token early on that we was rocking until fucking, until they got hacked. (laughs) Um, but all of that, like, right. Like it's, it's just, um, I don't know, man. It's it was just such a unique time and, and such a unique experience for all of us. I, I have a clubhouse question that I want to weave into this because I think it's again you found a lot of fame on on clubhouse, uh, fame in the community at least, uh, and how that kind of looks at Twitter Spaces today or how that compares to Twitter Spaces today. I know you again you went super hard on clubhouse. I want to get your take on like why that failed and then transition that to how you see Twitter Spaces today. Is it? Is, do you think that they need to continue to innovate there or do you think, you know, that's, it's pretty, you know, locked in as opposed to clubhouse, which really was a, was a flash in the pan when it came to how long they were popular. Yeah. I think, uh, clubhouse started, uh, this social audio, right. Uh, revolution. And, and really, uh, I think it brought a lot more people to, uh, the joy of consuming audio content right? Like even like you look at like the timing, obviously it had a lot to do with COVID. Uh, it gave you a way to interact with other people in a safe environment where you're not breathing on each other, uh, but have intimate conversations like you would as if you were sitting with each other. Um, so I think like the timing of Clubhouse was very, very unique. I think it did help to like really push this social audio uh, and, you know, podcast and, and the whole thing. Um Twitter spaces ain't shit <laughs> compared to, to the clubhouse experience. Oh, and I've said that publicly. Uh, but I will say that um, one of the things we talked about while we were on clubhouse and before Twitter spaces like popped off was as soon as, as soon as it launched um, it, you know, and, and it's had the rugging issue since. Uh, but as soon as it launched, like we, it was like, it's just a matter of time, dude, because Something that we all need to understand in this space is that um, Uncle John, Aunt Jack, or, you know, whatever. Jack, <laughs> you know, we're in 2022. Hey, 2022, yeah. man. Uh, you know, Grandpa, Jill, uh, <laughs> you know, whoever, right? Like, they don't want any of the hurdles that we were willing to overcome for this experience. Um, they don't care enough, right? Do they care? A little, and, and is that interest enough to, to, to get them to fall down a rabbit hole? Absolutely. But the, the friction needs to be as low as possible. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. kind of where that comes from. Why does Twitter spaces suck? Uh, the experience is just like not as, as, as a streamlined, um, the, the way that you socially interact on there is clunky. The fact that like, 
some people have emotes that other people don't is ridiculous. They took away my favorite emote and why, why you give somebody an emote for six months and then it just disappears. Like, it's just, none of that feels good. It is going to continue to kill clubhouse because it is the conversation is taking place where it should, right? Like it's where natively the conversation is happening. It's on Mm -hmm. Twitter. So that's where people are going to congregate. So it makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and I, now I just wish that they would like take clubhouse, integrate the whole thing, steal it all, dude, like take the stage, steal the way, like, you know, the, the people at the top work, like it created a social environment to me that made a lot of sense. People can disagree. I'm not like a guru. That's not my, like <laughs> my profession. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that, that's just kind of my thoughts on clubhouse versus I yeah, missed cl- the hell out of Clubhouse. Dude. Early Clubhouse definitely felt had a Clubhouse feel. It felt like you were in some like like speakeasy almost that you like got in the back door. Or you were able to kind of you know listen to. And this happens on Twitter Spaces, but in those days it was like, oh my god, I'm in a room and I'm able to step up on stage with all of these like massive individuals uh, in the space. Really, really cool times. Another thing that was big at the time, and we we do a lot of teaching on this uh, channel about it, is wax, right? Like we don't do a lot of teaching now, but back then it was huge, and you got your start there. So, any thoughts on like early days wax as opposed to now? Um, wax was early. Wax was early. I think that um, this this NFT thing, the 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 yacht clubs and, and the cool cats and you know the the uh the gutter gangs um that's not really where i think like uh nfts the digital asset is is going to be in 5 years right like i do think that um we're looking at a couple different different avenues that are going to be primary and then you've got a lot of use cases right like you've got tons of use cases like in logistics and real estate and things like that um, but for the, the, the sake of the conversation, what wax got right was it was just a digital collectible that was low cost. And it, it allowed people to engage in a fun way from, uh, their couch or their toilet or their car or, you know, the subway train or the bus or whatever. Right. Um, and it gave them to a place to congregate about something that they, they cared about. And ultimately I think that, um, what we're continuing to see, and you see this a lot in, in, in social media, uh, right. And, and you're going to continue to see it is this proliferation of like the community, right? Like Facebook's like groups were there for a long time, man, but it was just, you know, a year or two ago that Facebook's actually started pushing groups and actually putting the tools there to build communities effectively within the application, right? That's what these, all these things do is they, they give us the leverage to build these communities, right? Like even Twitter. Now you have the ability to do the circle tweets, right? You have the ability to create a, what is it? A community hub or whatever, where you it's a topic and like people can send tweets just to that topic, right? That thread of topics. Mm. Um, I mean, everything is about building your tribe and, 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 and how can they make that fun and interactive and easy? So I think that like NFTs are going to be a huge part of that as we move forward into like the future and the, the metaverse and, and, and whatever comes next for like what, just seeing massive adoption right now. Yeah, especially from the large brand piece, and they were early at that too, right? Like they they brought a lot of brands in the space super early on. Before we even saw this PFP wave, there were large brands getting into the NFT collectible scene. Still that are, was through that. Yeah, and, and it still is. It still is for sure. 
Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, or let's, I guess, start the conversation of what you're doing now with Gigantic, formerly Gig Labs. Uh, I do want to have like the large brand conversation uh, here as well. You obviously have been like working with these kind of web two companies that are getting into the web three space. You have, you're having face-to-face conversations with them. So what are you guys doing at Gigantic now? And we can kind of flow from there. Yeah. So, um, for anybody who's not familiar with what I do, like the, my day job, uh, I do work for gig labs. We have built the, uh, the product gigantic and to Q's point, like that is eventually just, it's all going to be gigantic at some point. Um, uh, and what, what is gigantic? Gigantic is an NFT platform that allows, uh, brands to own their entire NFT experience. Uh, and what do I mean by that? I mean that you don't need, uh, you know, a manifold, you don't need an open CE, you don't need um, anything like that. You can take that experience and do everything from minting to your secondary sales to your, uh, your you know, snapshots and airdrops. And now, uh, you know, the big news that we announced, uh, you know, just last week, which is the token uh, proof integration. Um, and, you know, which is super cool, a, a very seamless uh, experience. You know what I mean? You should definitely like, uh, I'll put you in touch with Fonz. Fonz is the, Please. yeah, one of the co-founders of Token uh, Proof. Um, man, when you, oh, dude, we talk about like what we've seen over the past like two years. Talk yeah. about the adoption and the like massive just growth, right? Like we're, we talked about this hypothetically, but now we are to the point where I can go to event. I can have my phone that's tied to my Web3 wallet. Uh, securely, right? Like it's not mm. anything that can be compromised. Um, and when I get there, they can say, "Hey, are you a you know are you a board ape owner?" I sure am. Okay, well let me authenticate that fact real quick. Okay, here here's my phone. Pull it up just like you do any other card in your Apple Wallet. Right, feels exactly the same. Uh, it, it produces a QR code, um, and then they get they have the companion app. That app scans your QR code, and what it does is it then checks the wallet. The authenticator app is pre-programmed for whatever it's looking for. Right. So in this mm-hmm. case, it would be looking for a board ape. Um, and then it, it tells the person that has authenticator app. Yeah. Green light. They've got this ape or red light. They don't have what they're supposed to. Uh, and now I get to do whatever that experience opens up. Right. Um, on a surface level, that's just a straightforward. Now I get into an event. Right. But when you take that and you present it to uh, some really creative people, you come up with some cool experiences that then can leverage that that simple technology and make it better, right? Like uh, one of the things that we've really pushed and and talked a little bit about, um, put a lot of emphasis on, is the point of sale ability that we have, uh, which means that if you are a massive brand like Starbucks or McDonald's or Chick-fil-A, where uh, your consumers are currently scanning a QR code when they get there for, for rewards, right? We can build directly into that CMS. Um, and you can do things like when they get there, if they're a board ape holder, have them scan their phone, confirm, and then they get a discount. So just to give people like more context here, what was the process before products like token proof came around? How, how did people handle that at events and things like this? Was it just like off the cuff? Let me view it on your phone. And how do you authenticate all this stuff? Like what did it look like before token proof came, came around? Yeah, uh, it was it was a ad hoc solution 
uh, however you you wanted to like uh, you know spit glue it together. I think um, you know for us one of the things that we did was we did we executed a snapshot right like we said you had to have these assets at this time two days prior to the event. Uh, then we took that snapshot and we matched it with their email addresses. Then email. we printed their yep. email addresses or their names whatever you know they wanted to give us. Um, then that was printed out and then they had to come to the event and then it was traditional. They showed us their ID. We checked the list. Are you on the list? Yes, you are. Okay. Now we can give you whatever. Right. Yeah. So what we did was we took all that and we got rid of it, <laughs> token proofed it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they got rid of it and they made it to where you just use your phone, bro. And like you go and you show it and, and you can use it at the very surface level, or you can get down to the nitty gritty. You can say like, they have to own five of these to get in. Or you could say that they have to be, yo, I'm going to throw a black hat party and only black hats can get in. Right. And not only is this something that you can authenticate, you're doing it in real time. Right. So that was the other thing is it's like, okay, if I hold this thing till midnight on, on Friday, then they're going to take a snapshot. Then I'm going to put it right up on the the marketplace and sell it and hopefully make a quick buck before somebody realizes they can't do nothing with it right now it's saying you own this thing and you have to own it at the point of sale you have to own it at that moment when you're getting your perk and then when once that happens right it facilitates further touch and further engagement post that engagement that original I feel like when we have these discussions, there's this, there's this like two party system that is set up, which is basically one side saying you shouldn't token gate anything. And the other side saying, oh no, this is how you do value capture. This is how we do a lot of pieces. Like what, what is your side that you take in that argument? Should things be token gated more, more so than often, or should they not be token gated? I feel like that is a conversation and a debate that kind of rages with like basically the main utility of nfts at this point right like that a lot of it is that you can token gated discord and get access there like how how do you view this token gated debate um it's a core aspect of the technology's utility um if you want to use it it's there uh, i think it brings a lot of value to to the asset right like if the asset is now um, you know, what we're, what we're encouraging is that you move all of these incentives and perk programs, right. And put them on the, on the, on the blockchain, uh, take them out of your walled garden experience, um, put them out into the open right network and, and let us do what we want with it. Right. So for me, that's very much where like the superpower comes in. That's where we're hope, hoping to like steer the conversation is now you can you can engage beyond just uh trying to sell them we talked about this earlier this week like mic drops right like mm -hmm. you know you can you can do something that entices your brand you know i've man <laughs> it, it's crazy to think about like you and i bsing about this stuff 12 months ago and 24 months ago and and how like how brands could do these things and now sitting at the table and telling brands this is how it works and, mm. and this is what you could do with it right and hoping to to uh, inspire some um innovation so i know you're on some ndas as well uh with some upcoming brands that are getting into the space and i want to talk on the brands that you guys already have as kind of clientele but lightning question here of the brands that we've seen get into the space over the last three, four, 
months, potentially like really large brands, right? Starbucks has gotten in, uh, Instagram has gotten in, Facebook uh, or Meta got in a, a while ago. Which one has done it the best slash is going to have the most like hardest hit, I would say, just to put in quotations. And then which one is just like a complete dud in your mind? Like this doesn't move the needle at all for the industry. So lightning question there. I think a majority are the latter. (laughs) I think a majority are like, they're not going to move the needle. They were, um, they were companies, brands, entities, uh, you know, whoever that saw an opportunity um, to replicate someone else's success. And they took that opportunity and ran with it. Um, I do think there are brands that are doing some, some really cool stuff like Starbucks. If you want to talk about who do I think is going to move the needle the most? Um, I think gifted brought this up on the show Tuesday, like Starbucks is, is one of these massive brands, right? Like Apple is one of these massive brands that when you talk about who sets trends, that then get adopted by an entire industry, like those are like at the tippity top. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to retail, like Starbucks is constantly implementing things that other like chains are like trying to replicate. Um, it's interesting that you don't say like a, a product like Instagram, but it, it kind of makes sense because what I'm getting from you is that you're looking at the NFT space more from like the utility side, like the actual functionable things that you can do with an NFT. Whereas Instagram is very much in this like traditional way that people see NFTs, which is a board ape that can be put up on a picture and right. you know, Flex. things like the, yeah, the digital ownership of, and look, I think that's huge. And I think that helps for like attractive right but like that still is it's almost like uh what would be a good way of put it it, i don't know it's almost like 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 saying like hey everybody look here's our secret code like unless you have like the codex like you don't really care right like you'll walk by it a million times people people see the hexagons on twitter and they don't give a shit yeah that that surprisingly didn't hit that didn't hit as hard as i thought i don't even have a hexagon to be honest i mean i think it makes sense Right. Like, I think that it is it will hold the weight that people assume it does when kinks get worked out. Right. Like when you don't have the ability to replicate, an, a, you know, an, the main freaking NFT and then put it as your NFT, like all these little loopholes. Right. Mm. Um, but I do think it shows it's a good example of how um, these these layers, right, could be applied and how it could be applied in 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 a way that is subtle, um, but, but understandable for most people. Hmm. Guys, I want to kind of, uh, I'm, I'm taking gifts word. I, I've attended the alpha show way too many times, but like re ranch it here. I'm going to bring it back. Uh, thank you so much for all the comments in the chat right now. The I chat mean, is easy, awesome. easy in crypto, DJ Savage, Don R, uh, Landers in the house, X plow cost effective Machiavellian prodigy, a lot of you guys are, are commenting along with us, so I appreciate that. If you can leave a like, that does help it on YouTube. Retweet it on Twitter if you guys are listening there. And if you can rate the show on podcast form, if, if you're listening there, that would really help. But yeah, sitting here with Ronan, we're talking uh, large brands, essentially, getting into space, conversations he's having. You guys are working with Flow. Uh, so want to have that kind of discussion because I do feel like Flow, again, is very much in that that wax realm of doing well with business development on the larger brands 
right? Like Ethereum is very much open source. It feels like, you know, brands come and go as they please uh, in a sense, whereas Flow and Wax are very, very, very centered on their mission to bring in larger brands. Is, is that fair to say? Is How has your experience been there with, with Flow? Yeah, I think like what Flow did um, and and did well is is it gave um, it gave brands the ability to onboard um, in a way that they're used to, right? So uh, you you work with us and you have access to you know you can use whatever you want, but like primarily we work with the Dapper Wallet or we work with the Blockdo Wallet. Both are integrated into our backend systems. Uh, we can you know run payments through them. Uh, both facilitate credit card payments. Uh, Dapper Wallet is a super streamlined experience, man. Uh, anybody can sign up with a email address or uh, their cell phone number, and then you know set up two-step authentication, um, and then purchase an NFT right there from their phone with Apple Pay. Um, that is how you get adoption, um, and and that is kind of our mission. We're trying to like just break all those barriers, right? Like our, our our entire platform, you can use it no code. You don't have to understand, you know, like all these like you know languages and stuff like that. You go in and it feels like Squarespace. Um, it's drag and drop. Uh, you know, it's pretty it's pretty nutty to see that like somebody can literally execute you know an airdrop in thirty seconds, right? Uh, and, and so that's why I think like it was important for us to kind of start our building and, and really focus on flow as a blockchain, because it does leverage that. And, and for the, the clients that were, were calling the people who were looking to, to do business, that was a, uh, uh, one of the biggest concerns is how easy or hard is it for, for our clients to get into? And then, you know, uh, secondary to that was, you know what's the uh, the economical footprint, right? What are, you know, as well as the, uh, the global one. Yeah, and environmental impact. Environmental the, impact. Yeah. yeah. So like with Flow being proof of stake prior to Ethereum moving over, um, that was a huge like point. Like, look, we're talking about like you can Google twelve times before it it uses the same amount of energy of minting one NFT on Flow, and we're doing volumes, man. I don't think people realize, man. We did. Uh, and this still might be the most ever, I feel like, 600,000 NFTs when UFC Strike launched, which is on our platform. Uh, 600,000 NFTs in like four hours. Mm. That's a ton of NFTs. Yeah. And when you tell somebody you did that, they, they're they like, if they don't know much and they only know Ethereum, they're going to be like, that's impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's absolutely impossible. No, not like, so there's, it, and there's, there's definitely the the give and the take and the you know the uh, the pros and the cons, but um, for us it made a lot of sense. Now, will we only be on flow forever? No, like we definitely yeah. you know there's a lot of use case for you know layer twos for you know the Solanas for the Cardanos. Um, you know what which comes next, which comes first when it happens. You know I'm I'm not sure, but I do know for a fact like you know. Gigantic will allow you to to utilize and access those blockchains uh, over time, and and we think that makes a lot of sense. What's the benefit? Options. What's the benefit of Gigantic saying, "Hey, we want to be over here on Polygon. Why not just like go full head of steam? If if, if flow is working, what's the benefit for y'all to do that?" Um, brands like to to be able to say that they're on Ethereum, right? Like, and if they're on Polygon, they can say they're on Ethereum. Um, and, and feel like, you know, they can say they're on a 
layer two on Ethereum and, and feel mm. warm and fuzzy. Or they have projects that are already existing on Ethereum and they would like as, as least amount of friction uh, moving to uh, a higher volume of, of NFTs than, you know, would they would have if they try to do it to flow, right? You look at a project like uh, Cryptoys, right? There's going to be a whole process there because they, they launched on Ethereum a year ago. Uh, and ultimately, the project's going to live on flow because they're they're selling digital collectibles that, you know, they're, the, the goal is to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of them eventually a day. What have been some examples of like successes you've had with products like Players Lounge? I think that is one that we, you know, uh, had on the NFT Live way back in the day that you guys had with Gig Labs as, as one of your clients. I feel like they really hit a niche pretty well. And I think that they're an example. You can go with successes. Um, you guys are worked with UFC strike. Like the, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is give me some examples where you guys kind of laid out a strategy and it hit. And then what have you taken from some of these drops and been like, Oh, that maybe didn't work as well as we would have liked. Like, let's change it up the next time. Yeah. I think like for all of them, um, the ability to pivot is most important, right? Like, the, the thing that I have learned most about this space, tech, startups, um, life, right? Like you're the, one of the, the major keys to success is the ability to pivot, like to quickly shift gears to, to you know, uh, change uh, direction when needed, um, you know, and, and adjust. So I would say that like, you know, being flexible is probably what most of these projects that are winning are doing well. Uh, the Players Lounge is a really good example. Players Lounge, you know, they had a game plan when we first talked to them and, and they were like, this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to work. Um, you know, this is the mechanics, you know, we're going to do, and I can't remember all the details, uh, but it was like 12,000 and they were going to drop on Ethereum and there was going to be a PFP and they were going to, you know, um, they were going to be like 0.15 ETH or something like that which at the time this was January, right? So we're, we're talking about like 3000 ETH. Um, so it wasn't cheap. And, you know, we talked to them and we talked to them about the benefits of flow, about going a little bit of a lower price point, also uh, understanding their consumer base, right? And, under, and, and tempering their expectation. <laughs> mm. um, and ultimately they, they ended up adjusting down to, I think 4,500 total. Um, they were going to launch they were going to launch after the first playoff game because the the Georgia Bulldogs made it to the, the playoffs. Ultimately, they made it to championships, but their plan was to launch after the first uh, playoffs game. And I, I begged them. <laughs> I was like, I think you guys should wait until like right before the nat national championship. Um, but you don't know if like, you're going to get there. You don't know if you're going to get there, right? Like, But uh -huh. like one was I thought that it – I. As well, a who Georgia were they fan, who were they playing? They were probably playing Georgia, some shitty. As a Georgia, no, it was definitely not a guarantee. I mean, we had to play Michigan. I think was the first. Game. Yeah, yeah I, I would not, take but that. But last year, Michigan was like, you know, and but um, the point there being <laughs> is that like, you know, I didn't know if they were going to go, but I felt like as a fan of the team, like they probably would. But secondary to that, they needed more time to really understand their 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 project a little more what they were going to do how they were going to approach it what their messaging was and what the 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 actual you know interest was 
And so they went from 12,000, right? They launch a, a, a Twitter, they launch an Instagram, they launch uh, a Discord, um, and they realized that that's way too much. And the optics would not be good if they only sold half that amount, right? Mm. But if they sell half that amount, and they sell it for maybe not so much, right? Like, so, you know, and the good thing is, is that I told them right off the rip, don't put any information out there about all that. Like, wait until, like, we're ready. And four days, like, before, like, the national championship game, it was like, how many are we doing? And, you know, shout out to, uh, shout out to the the Players Lounge team for, like, taking everything I gave them as Bible, dude. Because that, like, as a, as a client, as a customer, um, they took every single thing, and they 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 acted on it um, and they executed it. And I, I think I put a tweet out the other day. I said execution is everything. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your idea is. You can have a really cool idea, but if your execution sucks, like doesn't matter, right? Um, well, and the they other executed. piece, yeah, the other piece that you hit them on, which I think is is very good, uh, you know, an example for this space to any project that's trying to launch is like not setting expectations too high you know, we've seen Yuga like basically not set any expectations for anything they've ever done. Like the, like that's pretty much it. Like they just drop shit. They don't, you know, have a, a roadmap. They drop a map that has no timeline. You know what I mean? Like that helps you kind of over deliver in a sense. So that, that was a great example as well. They don't, they're not setting any expectations, but they are communicating plans. Mm. Right. And I think that's a, a big part of what they get right. I think like, um, you know, I, I I am really, look, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the day that I get to sit down and have a conversation with Gordon and the team, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I, and somebody could probably answer this if they've done more research, co- uh, cost effective and, and chat might know a little more. Um, but I, I am uh, almost positive that like one of the, the four co-founders is a marketing chief. And, and secondary to that, someone who understands customer service at a very core level because they've handled the way they communicate and the way they, they handle different situations, the way that like a customer service manager would tell them. And that's like where like I come from. I started in like, you know, I worked at my first job was working at the mall. You know, I, I was laughing when you were breaking that down because it, it just like flashbacks of wax, which pretty much any wax drop that happened at the time was going to go wrong. And it was going to be Ronan flaming the team on like Twitter or something like that because they didn't fucking communicate. Like it doesn't so take easy. much. And you know, what's cool is like, and cool and not cool is that like we've shout out to, to, to my, my colleagues. Uh, we've had like a situation that happened where it's like, Something happened and I was like, and we had a meeting internally and I was like, we should probably tell people about that. Like, and I think, you know, I think, I think as, um, uh, as I have learned and has come to like light and as I've communicated recently, the biggest gap I think in this space is like between like the tech nerds who are really hardcore into like technology and, you know, the, the currency side of things and the tokens and, and the, the tinkering and, and the cool shit you can do with, with, with blockchain. Um, and then there's like the, the anime watch your, your, like, you know, your, your show every week, binge watch your shows, like, uh, collect your things. Like those are the, the other side of like this space. Right. And, and there's a gap there. And I think like they just don't see it. So they need more people to help them. 
And that's why, mm. like, you know, like you get that. Right. And so, so to point out, basically, uh, we're in this meeting and, and, and uh, essentially what happened was, is the, the, the numbers that people were seeing their mint number, right? Like if you pulled a X card at, you know, and it was print number 200 or is print number four, um, that was not actually the real number. Uh, and, and it was skewed based on like a number that was, you know, not put in correct somewhere. Uh, and they were like, we'll just change it <laughs> and we'll update it. Nobody will notice. And I was like, um, you guys don't really know collectors really well, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if, if a four turns into a 404 and a 415 turns into a 15, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, what the heck happened? Mm. And like, no, nobody's going to notice. I was like, all right, I just want to make sure like people heard my, my voice. So like 24 hours later, overnight, they fix it. It gets changed be damned if if discord (laughs) didn't blow up and so like that's just one of the things you learn and it's just like they don't because they don't understand the level of obsession that people can have over collectibles Uh right and and this this digital like version of them is like just rocket fuel for like people who who are into this type of thing yeah. How you can interact with this type of, of engagement from your phone, from your computer, from everywhere. Well, there's a there's a little built-in secure like sense of security that people need to have in the space when it comes to protecting themselves. You know, like that the, your ears are up in the space. What I mean, like so, pe- when you'd make a switch like that, people are very like observant with those things because you need to be. If you're not in the space, you get taken advantage of real quick, and then you get screwed. So the ears are up, definitely. Uh, so we're sitting at about an hour here. I want to definitely hit some of these comments. I'm going to give you two lightning questions here. One of them is completely off topic. So thank you, Prodigy, for that. Uh, Ronan, what would your last meal be? Uh, or your all-time pr- favorite meal? Oh, dude. Anybody who knows me knows that I am a simple, simple man. Uh, dude, and a really really good slice of pizza Hmm. and uh i mean like a banger slice of new york style pizza we found that banger outside of ape fest it was awesome uh and um on the side there's these things called peroni rolls that i've only ever gotten at one place by uh, a shop around the corner from where i used to live um and and they were they're they're these little like like croissant rolls and inside of the the swirls, okay, they stuff it with cheese and pepperoni, and then they would bring out this uh, pesto, uh, this basil pesto dipping sauce, uh, and then probably like to to top it off, um, a little bit of ice cream. And if you okay. notice, there's a whole lot of dairy That's because a, I'm not, I yeah. can't really do dairy these days. So that would probably be my last meal. And I'm yeah, not in a rush, man. Uh, I carved out some time to. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I like to leave it at um, about an hour and fifteen, or else people start to like view the the show and they're like, I don't want to sit there and you know listen to an hour and thirty minutes. Like, what <laughs> what the heck? And then they never actually listen to it. I but, think long form is coming back, bro. Yeah, let's do it. You, well, I'll be here about that. Uh, uh, what's what's your timeline to offer Polygon uh, Gigantic? Yeah, um, I don't know if like. Can I like ping my publicist or whoever that whoever <laughs> Dude, that is? Like, can I check with like my? Uh, I'm gonna say um, six months, yeah. six to twelve months. But like, 
Yeah. That's a pretty long timeline in this space. Like that's yeah, but like that's like because we have officially not said anything on okay. the subject. So the Got fact it. that I said like we're officially bringing something is probably a lot. Um uh, not that it really matters. I think that you know it's just a plus, right? Like our our thing like with gig is we want the platform to be super flexible. We want it to be easy to use. We want it to facilitate real engagement and and activations, right? Like between a brand and its its consumers. Um and we want it to be like yeah, like super flexible, dude. So uh, that's kind of the goal and hopefully we get there sooner rather than later. And the good thing is, is that we are, um, doing really well. Like the, you know, the, again, just announced the token proof, um, partnership. We've got some other partnerships like that, kind of like in the background we're working on and, um, that should hopefully bring more and more utility to the platform mm -hmm. that that way we can see cool things like, you know, the NASCAR asked activation last weekend where got to show up and, and use their nfts to, to get vip experiences I, I feel like you just hit this but like any last thoughts on or any last information on gigantic and gig labs definitely drop it now i got a couple more questions i want to get to before we yeah. head out um big news there like there's you know look what we're doing isn't probably the sexiest thing when it comes to like what people in this like the 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 normal like twitter banter and stuff is about um, but if you're interested in how this, this shit is going to like permeate your everyday life in a few years, like that's what we're doing and that's what we're trying to facilitate. And, um, you know, if you're interested, gigantic G spelled with a K at the end, I don't need to spell it all, uh, gigantic.io for you. Um, so you can check that out. It's, it's a really like, it's a excellent site. Shout out to our creative director. He, dude, he puts together some of the sickest imagery, um, uh like out there dude he's so talented i love like working with that dude uh so he did the 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 logo and the rebranding um but yeah you guys can check out the website it tells a little about like what we do and and how we work and what we're we're about and if you know last thing i'll say on on gigantic is if you work with brands if you own a brand if you uh facilitate brand you know experiences and and their interest in web3 uh, and you're looking for a solution for the actual like NFTs, the collectors, the the engagement like aspect. How do we get people? You know, how do we get NFTs into people's hands and token gate a Discord or token gate an event? Like, uh, give me a shout, man. My DMs are always open. They're really full. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> They're really full. Don't get me started on Twitter DMs, man. Dude, that... Twitter DMs, Discord DMs. Right now, I got five like pending, and it's not from like people that don't matter, man. I love every single person who I've got a little red bubble for, but like, it's a lot, you know, and it's a lot. It's a lot coming at you all at once, continuously, and and so that's something that you have to be like cognizant of. So I, I like say like that with love, like hit me up with a DM seriously, and and I promise at some point I will get back to you. Uh, yeah. It just may not be very quick. I, I would interact with my DMs way more if there wasn't this proliferation of like bots and spam and all this stuff. Like it's just, it's almost impossible to use, to be honest. Like it, it almost is like Discord's a little bit better, but Twitter feels like they don't really care to solve the issue right now. They've got other things going on. Um, a lot of other questions I want to, well, not a lot of other questions, but a few more questions I want to get to. I did drop the link to Gigantic there in chat if you want to check it out uh, and you are on that YouTube chat. A uh, couple more community questions uh, that I thought were interesting. Asmodai uh, had this way back when we were talking uh, more about token proof and, and token gated events, which is zero knowledge proofs, basically being able to 
go and show that you have your phone or have your device and be able to get in without maybe showing that you own the actual item. Uh, I know that, that if you don't know about zero knowledge proofs, that sounds a little ridiculous, but it essentially allows you the reputation of saying, Hey, I own this without showing your maybe public address or, or things like this. Do you guys talk about that? Like wallet security and zero knowledge proofs at all? Yeah. Like it's honestly not a huge, huge topic of conversation for us. Um, however, like I could imagine a world where token proof steps up their, their, like their interactions in their UI and, and maybe not even steps up, but maybe just gives it this, this functionality of maybe hiding a lot more of that information, right? Like the, the people don't necessarily, and when you use token proof, from what I understand, you have the ability to opt out of it, like sharing like your, your info, right. Mm. Um, that you use to connect to the app. So um, I think there's there's the ability for people to do that, and I think that um, you know right now for us it's it's not a topic of conversation, but it's we're very much driven by like client demand. Like, what do we see that we need to be working on now that's going to be useful to our clients tomorrow, so mm. we can keep ahead of the game. Like, one thing I feel very proud of uh, in what we built is that a lot of like our quote unquote competition. Um, you know, they've got the tools to mint, they've got the tools to maybe, you know, follow up and, and do like an airdrop or something along those lines or create your own custom contract. Uh, but how many of them give you the ability to, to, to tie collector scores to those NFTs or assign badges to people who collect or create challenges that people, you know, time challenges or uh, the token proof utility is built in, right? So um, these are all things that like we provide that are, are built into the, the platform that go beyond just like normally assume these platforms. Last question I have personally is Board Ape Yacht Club, Yuga Labs, other side. Of course you are a Board Ape holder. Uh you're in the community. Thoughts on where they are today. I know they haven't, you know, put out anything from the other side in probably a couple weeks, maybe three weeks with that other side trailer. Uh, no events to be seen, I, th I don't think, in, in the next coming months either. So where do you see Bored Ape right now uh, and Yuga? Man, it's cool to like uh, be having a conversation like this with you because like 18 months ago, like I would be like, we need more. We need, like it would be a totally different tone. But like where I feel now and, and having, you know, seen, seen the other side, they're doing their thing, man. They're building, uh, and I trust Yuga. And I think it's one of those things where the community knows what's up. We've got a lot left on that roadmap. <laughs> you know, when you consider like the roadmap and 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 what's supposed to come next, I think next is like the the trial, right? Like the trial of Jimmy the Ape. Um, what does that mean? How's it play out? Where you know, is this an other side engagement? Is it you know, mutant thing, dog thing? What is it? We don't know. Um, but you know. Give them that time, and I think it'll be all right. Like I think, like um, I hold my my ape, and you know the conversation comes up a lot with friends and family and my wife. <laughs> you know, like so you're gonna like what are you gonna do with that ape? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the you know to 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 cue's knowledge to his new knowledge, I have a pimp pimp coat ape. Uh, so like you know, it being like a more rare one is something that I appreciate. But like, I don't think I'll ever get not be in the, the board API club because I do think that uh, that's an asset that I would like to pass down to my kids, man, because mm -hmm. I do think it's, it is, um, it is the beginning of something very special, very unique. Even if, 
you know, what NFTs are when, you know, my kids get to a point of actually understanding this shit are, is not anything like what board apes are about. Um, the fact that like dad's got one and the fact that like we've had one since mint and, and like, that's a cool story. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a tie to a point, uh, in human history that I feel like is really important, dude. Like, and, um, yeah, I'm really just ha- like so thankful that like we've had this opportunity, like as just people who were like just having a good time experiencing it to see some of these really crazy shit happen, you know, to see uh, a digital piece of art go for $64 million at a traditional auction house, you know, to yeah. see, uh, you know, these, these, these apes sell for millions of dollars to see fuel go from like that interview two years yeah, ago that was like awesome. being at home and being like miserable to like being like as successful and and accomplished as he has become i mean just freaking yesterday dude he's getting flowers from tommy hill figure like what's mm. up dude the come up has been real for so many people just this morning man shout out to uh to humble beast like that's a guy who started following me a year ago, hit a banger with his very first mint ever at Oni. He did like he sold his first NFT that he bought was like uh 33 ETH or something last August. Um, he just had a kid, man. Like to see us to see people experience this, man, it's it's a very unique, unique moment. That was one of my big takeaways from NFT NYC. It's like seeing a lot of good people winning. Whereas usually when you, yeah, usually when you, you know, talk finances and you see, you know, people winning in finance, it's always been this kind of nefarious activity. And those people, you kind of look at them, you're like, ah, I, you probably don't deserve to be having a lot of fun there. You're kind of acting in a negative way, but everybody in the NFT space, at least the ones that I met at NFT NYC, I mean, it was just regular people that somehow got the dub, you know, just caught the caught the space at the right time or what have you so it is tough seeing that that future for board api club as far as like locking down what's going to happen i feel like with the whole pfp space it's like we're in this transition period where it's like what is it going to be next you know it's toughest to see that in a bear market but there's going to be something you know there there, is going to be some evolution we just can't pinpoint it yet starbucks showed the way right like Starbucks gave you a glance into like what are uh, some of the possibilities of this technology. Then you, well, I'm about to drop some more NDA alpha. There's, there are things that will happen in the next 12 to 24 months in, in more industries um, regarding Web3 and NFTs that are going to continue to uh, val- validate the technology and and the the things that we're doing. They're not going to be in the same way. They're not going to be, you know, it's not going to be touted as like, you know, these, these uh, stories that, you know, someone goes from zero to, to, you know, $100,000 with one asset. Um, But they are going to be, you know, hopefully stories of people like every single person who's hanging out in chat or who's listening to this, who educated themselves bettering their lives, right? Because like, this is, dude, this is the next thing you, I get asked, you know, often like, and, and I'm actually, uh, I've got a couple of speaking appearances for the, the, you know, at the end of the year, one is actually here in Atlanta, web three ATL. And the topic of conversation is, is uh, transitioning to uh, a career in web three. And, um, 
I think like that is like key. Educate yourself, take your traditional, whatever you do, um, and then just apply your knowledge to that industry, right? That career path and find a company who gives a shit about it, right? Like if it's your company you're at, then do it. If it's not, then find a company who cares and and show your worth. Because if you do that, like I promise you, you will, you will, you will see an increase in your in your pay, an increase in your quality of life, an increase in like uh, your overall happiness, right? Like I know kind of like one of the last topics we want to hit on was, was mental health. Um, that's something that's huge, man. Like being able to like, uh, you know, transition to something you really enjoy and have a, a real passion about and make money at the same time is super helpful. Yeah. One of the last questions in chat, Donar has been absolutely killing it there, uh, is are you still having fun working with clients is different than leading a community? Uh, you're, you're, you are on that business side, you know, pretty much on the daily. Whereas, you know, before you went to gig labs, you were very much just kind of getting after it in the community. What is the, uh, what is the difference there? Are you still having fun? Yes. And no, <laughs> you know, uh, you, I keep it real and, and, um, yes, I am having fun because, you know, there are moments where I get to, to put together some really cool pitches and um, some really innovative ideas and get to talk to some really cool people, right? Like people that like I would pay thousands of dollars to, to, to get an hour of their time and sit down and ask them questions. And they're sitting there asking me questions, uh -huh. right? Um, but know in that like a lot of that doesn't come to fruition because like a lot of them are still trying to figure this out. They're not ready to really go like, you know, like all the way, like full blown Starbucks integrate web three into like our actual native app and, and things like that. Despite the fact that like, I firmly believe, and I think that we're seeing it that, uh, you know, the future of this tech is integrated fully within like the core business right? You're not going to have this siloed NFT thing. NFTs are going to be part of like what your entire core business is about. It's going to be, you know, your, your social media outlet and art as Arby's, right? Like it, uh -huh. it's going to be a way that you connect with, um, a, an entire generation of people in a really unique way. I couldn't end the episode any better than that. I uh, was just getting everything ready to kind of send us out here. Don R, thank you for that question. Ronan, thank you for, you know, just giving us your experience and, and kind of laying down the knowledge of what you've learned in the space for the past three years. I'm sure we'll have another discussion here on the Nifty Q show at some point. Uh, so I'm not going to say goodbye. It's going to be see you later. Uh, but thank you so much again for coming on the channel. Guys, Ronan the Collector, head of partner strategy at Gigantic and Gig Labs. Uh, thank you so much for watching on YouTube, Twitter, listening uh, afterwards on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Thank you guys very much. This was the Nifty Q Show. We'll be back tomorrow with an episode of NFT Live. Otherwise, Ronan, I'll let you take it out, man. You, you do it the best. Man, I appreciate you so much, dude. Thank you so much for having me. This was so like a lot of fun. I really think that uh, there a lot of value comes from these types of conversations. Uh, for me and 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 for people who get to to listen, so thank you for like continuing to host them and for grinding and for doing it as long as you have. Uh, I'm really excited Same. for like what comes next for like the network and and for what we do and and 
Um, you know, last thing before we cut out, thank you to every single person who's been hanging out, man. Machiavellian, uh, Hash, Don, dude, HD, uh, or Lander. I see you, brother, DJ Savage. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, the questions were awesome. Uh, and lastly, that's our vibe, our tribe. Definitely.